Drag queens and mermaids, weirdos and wizards, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Jen Diz. And that's Mike TV. On today's show, we talk to drag queen superstar Nina West. She's here to talk about her experience at D23 Expo, new children's book, and her part in an upcoming film. Then, we check in on the residents of Dreamlight Valley. All right, so this is now our second week of our Patreon takeover. Woot so woot. fun. Um, I think and it's actually... We've only done a couple topics. I keep feeling... Our third. Huh? I think it's actually our third. We've done that many so far already. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Whoa, I'm going all back in time. I feel like we've done so much, but it's actually because I'm already starting to dip into researching all of the things that we have Right, on so our you're plate. like, is it one or but... a whole lot? It is hard to tell. Right. I was like at a whole lot and then I realized we weren't that much and I even shrunk that. But yes, you are right. Our third weekend. And we've talked about two main topics already. One was done by Kylie, which is Disney in the 80s. And then Pamela had the uh, topic for Disney anniversaries and milestones. So thank you guys once again for bringing those up. We are brewing up Um, other topics. You said you're doing research. I'm doing some research too. And we both have some fun stuff in the works. Just to name a few, we're going to be looking at live-action Disney films from the 1960s, which we're actually going to select later on in the episode. Uh, we're also going to do a movie rewatch and review of The Black Cauldron. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, there'll be I am too. a spooky <laughs> episode. You know, Halloween's coming up, so we'll be telling some Disney ghost stories. And again, these are all topics Ooh. submitted by our patrons. And a really exciting one that was submitted is, how would you armchair Imagineer the next D23 Expo? Pretty exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I am very excited for that one. And I know it's going to be very operational because you and I are (laughs) very operations minded. So here's our blueprints (laughs) and our manual. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Michael Vargos, if you're ready, you could. Oh, man. Well, speaking of the D23 Expo. I sometimes just sit and remember Nina West at the D23 Expo because, man, she made that such an event for me. Like, so much fun. She hosted the Mouse Grade. Um, Of course, she was an expo host at the D23 Expo and, of course, an entertainer. So many things. Aside from the expo, she's competed on RuPaul's Drag Race, which we all know if you're a RuPaul's Drag Race fan, that takes charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Um, it and sure it's does. so cute because Ro- RuPaul calls Nina America's sweetheart. Oh, stop it. Speaking of America's sweetheart, she also collaborated with legends from the Dolly Parton, the, the Dolly Parton, one the one and, and only, only uh-huh. <laughs> all the way to Disney. Both legends. Yes, she's currently on tour. So Nina's on tour with the musical Hairspray, and she's in the lead role of Edna Turnblad. She's also got a new children's book, and she's start, she's going to be in a new movie that's coming out pretty soon. Wouldn't it be cool if we could like just say hello and catch up with her oh right my now? Gosh, let's wish her into existence on our podcast. Let's do it. Put out the universe. Okay. <clears throat>
cheeky. <laughs> Nina, welcome back to the Disney Holic Show podcast. We're so happy to have you back. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to be here. We have so much to talk about. Nina, I heard. Yeah, we do. Um, I heard that you were in SoCal recently and you got to visit Walt Disney's apartment or not his apartment, this uh, office. Is that true? Yeah. So I'm currently I'm currently in Los Angeles and I am here doing some work and I um, was invited to uh, go take a tour of Walt's office at uh, Walt Disney Studios. And it is amazing. I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, I'm sure you have, because we're all Disney fan, fanatics, we're Disney-holics, um, but I'm sure you've seen Saving Mr. Banks, where um, they, yeah. so much of, a lot of the action between P.L. Travers and Walt Disney happens in his office. Um, but like, really, like everything from 1940 to his death in 1966 happened, I mean, all of these creative decisions happened in these, these this room, these areas of this office. And Wow. Really awesome. It was really, really cool. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Oh. <laughs> I was not expecting I was not expecting the invitation. Um, and so I was very grateful. Uh, so um, of course I, I took it. <laughs> I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know especially with the pandemic and uh, I know how how sacred that is and how um, it hasn't been very accessible. And so I just really am grateful that they asked me to come. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of being a Disney-holic, we last saw you live at the D23 Expo, which just like made the whole weekend, honestly. Uh, every time you would pop up between Masquerade or on the live stage. How was that being at D23 Expo? Especially, like you said, after this long lull of not being able to meet in person with people, fans. I was really thrilled to be back at D23 and to be invited to host um, some events for uh, D23 and for the fans. And uh, that was, I mean, like I take it really seriously. Like I know that what I do is um, for many people, very, very outside of the box, you know? And so uh, specifically people who might attend D23 may have never encountered a drag queen before. And so I know how important it is to uh, be very, you know, I'm I'm very like reverent to the brand and to what Disney is and what it means, and um, I take it very seriously. And so, and I think the, my friends at Disney know that. And um, of course, that's been something I, you know, like it's been something I've been working towards. And so, to be part of D23 in a very official capacity and to host Masquerade and to host the Muppet Anniversary and to do a host a sing along and to host the game shows with uh, Disney talent was really a dream come true. And I hope it's just the beginning of many more opportunities down the road for myself and for Disney together. I think it's a makes, it's a really great collaboration. It makes a lot of sense and uh, yeah. fun. And to be at the expo again was magical. Um, like, you know, like you said, to be in the environment of uh, kind of us together, fans experiencing the thing we love so much, which whatever our, whatever our fandom is, you know, if it's, if it's, Star right. Wars, or if it's Marvel, or if it's Disney Princess, or if it's uh, Simpsons, regardless of what Muppets, whatever the brand might be, the franchise might be, we get to all come together in a very unique and fun way. It's also really why I love Comic-Con. And, you know, these, 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 these conventions, these expos are really set up for us to have to share 
ideas in different ways. And it's really amazing how it works. And I think we could all learn a lot from how, can, you know, how these fan conventions work to be able to engage with one another outside of them. But uh, I just love to be. That's so true. Yeah. And I'm yeah. feeling, I'm definitely feeling this push of Disney's, you know, aim to be more inclusive and diverse. And I felt it at the expo. I felt it. Um, I felt like I had space that was for me. I felt that my kind of entertainment, which is drag, was there for me from Disney, which was really different. And I, and so I see that, and I and I applaud that from Disney. I think that's great. Yeah, I think I I I think that the, I think there's an effort, and I think that um, yeah, you know, I think it's really important for for those of us who are in impacted communities where the effort is trying to be made. Uh, I think that it's I think it's really important mm-hmm. that we show up and we listen, and we also provide feedback. And you know, whether it be uh, LGBTQI plus um, BIPOC. Uh, uh, women however it really does impact us as our fandom it's really important that we um, I think engage and listen and also offer um, words of advice and and insight on how it's impacting us and our communities and I think I think they're really I do think their effort is is I think it's quite noble and I'm excited to see where it goes yeah I remember they showed a, a preview or a clip of one of these films they're working on called Elio and it's this little brown boy, so me, and his legs were crossed in the animated. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's so cute. I've never seen that before where I feel like there's an essence of me. So, yeah, yeah, they are really putting the effort in. I need to ask you, did you make it to Disneyland while you were down there in Anaheim? I did. Yeah. I did. I did. I did. You can't get me. You can't get me. <laughs> like 100 miles near a park. I mean, I mean, really, it's like. <laughs> I can't be like not make it there right <laughs> did you have fun was there anything new for you there that you hadn't seen yet what kind of question is that like did I have fun did I have fun <laughs> um, I was let's see what did I do um, we spent the day Monday I went Monday after the expo so I wasn't able to go at all over expo weekend but I did go Monday at, at um Oh, that's not true. I did go sad. That's not true. I'm lying. I'm a liar. (laughs) I went Friday Friday night. I think it was Friday or Saturday. It was Saturday. I went Saturday night to Oogie Boogie's um, Halloween Bath. Wow. That's cool. I experienced that. And then um, we got there late. Like, we got there late because I was working late. So we didn't, I didn't get to make full, take full advantage of our tickets and you know, like yeah. the cost that you're, you're spending to get in. I was like, I was a little frustrated with my my um, with my tardiness, but um, <laughs> it was. I got to meet um, uh, many Clarabelle oh, and Daisy sisters. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. up for it all, so I was like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> That's so good. And, and the Never reason why I asked if you had fun is exactly right. Is me and Jen, we skipped it on Saturday and Sunday. We were so busy and exhausted. We we're like, let's wait until the rest of the week next week. Yeah, oh, we I were love just it. sitting there listening to people talk. You were like hosting and like hostess with the mostest out there. And I was, I saw that you went to Oogie Boogie Batch. I'm like, how does she do this much? Like you are one <laughs> busy human for sure. <laughs> and you pull Which it all is inspiring. Oh, I'm going to tell you, like, it's like you're, you like, you have, like, you only have so much time, any one place. And, yeah. you know, like I, 
I love to just kind of, I, it's probably, I mean, it's going to be probably, I mean, it's going to bite me in the butt someday because I really do like Brenda Campbell at both ends. Like, it's like, I like to just really go, um, you know, but it's also like, I know like I'm on hairspray right now. So like, I haven't been able to get away and I haven't been to a park in, in uh, a, a, a year and a half, wow. a year. I hadn't been to a park in a year, which is a long time for me, which for some people like, I only go once a year and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I hadn't been to a park in a year because I went for the 50th in Disney World. And um, and then I hadn't been to the expo in three years. And so it was like, and then my friends were all there we, who I hadn't seen in almost a year because of Hairspray. And I mean, this was my first like social thing to do. Yes, I was working as Nina, which was another first in a while. I hadn't done some Nina stuff in a few months. And so I was just really ty- trying to, I think, take advantage of all these wonderful elements together. We were celebrating my friend's birthday. Uh, I was working. I was, you know, I was literally in that in that mode of, okay, I'm doing this panel and I get to go say hello to this person and I get to run over here and I get to host this sing-along. And then it was just like, okay, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Because then at the end of the day, it was like, right? <laughs> That's exciting. I, I mean, there's definitely a rush to it yeah. when you have all of that scheduled for the day. Oh my God, of course there is. I mean, but then there's also the rush of like, you're in the park. And I really thought by the end of Expo Weekend, I was like, I'm going to be so exhausted. I am not going to want to go to the park on Monday. And that was like 7 a.m. I'm like, we were supposed to leave at 10. I'm like, okay, who's ready? <laughs> like, I'm like, ah! Like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, all right, so when, when we leave it, let's go. Come on, everybody. Come on, let's go. Right, let's go. I love that so much. <laughs> well, the, the drive is inspiring. And so is your new children's book. So I also wanted to talk about that because if kids read this book, they should feel inspired after it. Uh, so Thank tell you. us about the book and also the illustrations. The, both the writing and the illustrations pop out. Well, I mean, so first of all, thank, I want to thank you both for coming to the game show panel. I saw you both there. Yeah, that like, was so, so much like, fun. So much fun. Like, so thank you for being there um, and just being so wonderfully supportive and such incredible friends. So thank you. Thank you for wanting to talk about the book with me today. The, what's really cool, Disney connection with the book is, first of all, um, uh, well, there is no Disney connection other than, <laughs> that's not true, that's not true. But uh, the, uh, the illustrator is uh, Hayden Evans, who is a brilliant, brilliant artist who uh, used to be the conductor at the Disneyland Railway. Oh my um, gosh, how cool. Yeah, very, very cool. And he now works, he's not, he now works in another area uh, as a cast member at Disneyland. And wow. He's uh, brilliant, wonderful. And, um, you know, what's really incredible is, I'll share that story at the end of this, but um so the book is a, truly a celebration of, uh, in many ways, uh, without really being too overt, my love of, of some things that I've learned from some of my favorite Disney, um, for, you know, properties and, and, and films, and, um, but also a celebration of a certain ass, uh, element of the art of Disney in a, in a, in a very real way. Um, when Hayden and I were working on this book together, um, he was very direct in asking me like who I loved, inspiration, and I was I started to talk about my love of Mary Blair and yeah, like a mod- of Brittany Lee, who's a modern day I think a modern day Mary Blair, and um, and just talk about the these wonderful women who were create who are creating like Brittany are creating art for Disney or, or did create massive amounts of art for Disney like Mary Blair. And so the book tries to capture that energy and that essence, I think, uh, specifically in the illustration. Uh, and then I use my own inspiration. It's funny because because you guys are a Disney podcast. So, like, of course, <laughs> I think the 
Disney elements of the book, but um, <laughs> I was really inspired, which I've not talked about with anyone else, but I was really inspired by, obviously, Mary Poppins is my very favorite film in Disney canon, and I wanted to celebrate the wonderful um, lexicon given to us by the Sherman brothers. And so in this book, I really do pay an homage to them and to my favorite character of, of Poppins by creating words yeah. um, for kids to feel Magnanimous. inspired by. Yeah, Magnanimous. such a cool Wonderful. word. Um, yeah, we. Um, uh, sniffery snaffery. Um, just like allowing language and allowing our use of our own creativity to express ourselves in our own unique way, which is yeah. like, yes, language is one way to do that. And of course I do it through drag, but um, kids, I'm encouraging them to use language and to use their own their own creativity to create those things. And I was encouraged when I heard supercalifragilisticexpialidocious when I was a kid or, um, you know, or any song from their, their, their catalog as the Sherman brothers who just were brilliant in how they, created a whole world and a universe through language and, and that playfulness is memorable it gets it's like earworms they get stuck in your head and you keep yes. it makes you happy yeah yeah and you're thinking and you're and it allows your mind to rest somewhere else other than in the reality of it all right it yeah. allows you to go someplace and i think take a journey in and of itself, what is, you know, when you say something like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, granted it's 26 letters and it's, I mean, it's this massive word, but, <laughs> um, but like something when you say wonder fuzzle, what does that make you feel? What does that make you think? And those are questions that when any reader is sharing the story with an audience or, or, or a little, a little one or another person, you know, that gives them the, the, the freedom to say, what does that make you feel? Is there a word that you would use? Is there a word you can make up to that would that would rival Wonderfuzzle in how you're feeling right now? You know, and I think that that's part of the power of uh, this medium of children's illustrated books and my ability to come in and uh, redefine it for myself and for a, a new audience. I love that. A few things I wanted to let you know. So well done, because I, I see the Mary Blair inspiration and I feel the Mary Poppins yeah. influence in this book. 100% like the trees in the background are very Mary Blair, everything about it. And then the, the, the poetry and the rhyming and the, the staccato-ness of it is very Mary Poppins. So I love that. And um, it's also a good book for story time for adults to read out loud. It's one of those fun books. Yeah. Well, you know, it was written... I will say it was written with that in mind. Over the pandemic, I hosted story time with Nina for like a hundred and some episodes. I did these story times. And one of the things I was kind of, I really loved about some titles I would read and I was like, okay, this is like a book that's like, it's not as engaging, you know, but I love what it's, I love the lessons it's teaching. And those books that I really was drawn to were, was a book like Kristen Bell's um, The World Needs More Purple People. Which was like, which was like an interactive call to the audience to engage with the character in the book, and I wanted to, I wanted to give that element. I wanted to have the reader serve as a conduit between little Nina 
and it's uh, and their audience who's experiencing their story real time and and there are questions throughout the text like what do you think and it's and and it's wanting to engage the the audience in a way that makes them feel part of the story so that way when they're done and they can close this book they can go i can go out into the world and i can give kindness in my own way which is really what the book is about so i'm really thrilled that you picked up upon that because that's like like that it was the that was the mode with which I was working in. The medium was was to say, I have all this experience reading these stories. What would it be like if I read my own story? And like how do I want my my audience of drag fans, little ones, Disney holics, whoever it might be, how do I want them to engage with me? And I want it to be a conversation, right? I want my journey through life to be a conversation. It's not a soul. It's like, I don't want to have a solo journey, you know? And I think that's what little Nina is doing in this book. And it's really, it's, it's wonderful. And I'm, it's, it's weird because we're like, we're on the precipice of it coming out. Like it comes out in a couple of weeks and it doesn't feel real. And here I am talking about it so vividly. And I'm like, it's really happening. It's <laughs> like, happening. sorry, I'm having a moment right now. I'm like, this is really happening. Sorry. So I'm like, you caught me in a moment. Thanks for giving me that. Thank you. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah, And it's also exciting too, to have a book that like gets you motivated to do something when you're done with it. Most books like it has an ending and you close it and you feel a certain way, but this book sounds like you like want to like then go and, and it's like almost how you were talking about earlier, how you want to do the most with every minute. It's like, it gets you to like go out and act on things. Well, when I was, well, that's another really funny it's funny that you bring it up in that context because I remember working with my editor and I remember getting these versions of the story to my editor and she's brilliant. Her name is Summer Laurie. She's brilliant. She lives in San Francisco. Um, She's just a brilliant, brilliant person. And she said, you know, I want to know how people would engage with you. Like, like what is your energy? And I, and, I thought I really had to come to terms with what was my energy as an entertainer and what was little Nina's energy going to be right. Mm. Like little Nina is a version of Andrew and a version of Nina and it's, but she's her own creation. Right. So she just happens to be this, she's just little Nina, you know, she's her own, she's her own thing. Like David pumpkins. She's her own thing. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. That's an SNL reference. You might not, but anyway, she's her own thing. Um, And so, but I wanted to make sure I captured my own energy. And so, as you mentioned, like, I mean, there, there is like this frenetic energy that I, I do possess that I can't help. It's just who I am. And it's a very much like a, like a, yeah, I'm very get up and go kind of gal. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) There's, there's a part of the story that really uh, resonated with me, Nina. So I used to work uh, a lot and still do with the homeless community and supporting them and empowering them through their transition. And there was a line about that said, no matter the name, a hello can change someone's day. Um, It was about saying hello and that changes someone's day. And that is Mm -hmm. so true. Just the eye contact uh, with somebody, it completely changes their day. And we trained a lot about this with, with the people that we uh, had as volunteers. So, so yeah, I, I just love that. And it's so true. Well, yeah. I mean, we oftentimes in our world are here. We're right here now today. We don't make eye contact. We're not looking at each other. We're so engrossed with a non-reality version of life. Like this isn't like, this is fun. It's entertainment. It's also not real. And we've gotten away from this engagement. This is a conversation I think that goes well beyond the scope of this book. But um, I think 
what that moment in the story is about for me is I think oftentimes, I mean, this is, this is me, the, the author, not the, not in, not in context, but uh, I think as the, as the person in a real world experience, not having the ability for us to have conversations anymore about what matters and what's important and about how yeah. we're all yelling at one another about what we think is right. And rather than, trying to come to an understanding of who we are and each individually and as people and how um, those stories oftentimes are probably more similar than we uh, allow to admit. And I think that is really where that came from in the impetus of, of, of many different drafts of this, of this first children's book that I've written is that I'm really, I think it's really important to engage with one another. And I think it's really important to make eye contact, as you yeah. said, with one another and see people and, Give them, give them, grant them their humanity yes. and understand that um, we all are very different, but we all do possess value. And that's, that, that's really where that was, is rooted in because this was written. I, I mean, this book comes at a time where our climate is very um, divided and divisive. It's a divisive climate where with a divided country and right. it was written in a time where uh, I myself had experienced some interesting issues surrounding my own safety when it came to story time with Nina. Um, but it was also written in a, in a, in a, in a, in a mid Trump and post Trump era um, where we are grappling with a lot of different issues. And uh, so like, so it comes to me at a time where, when it comes out to the world to experience it, um, I think a lot of different things may be put on the book to try to understand the author or the intention behind it. But really, this was this was as I this was a call for us to really I think this is a call for us to I think ground ourselves in how we can allow our own kindness help reshape the conversation and the world that we live in today. And I yes. think so. It's yes, it is a children's book. And it has deeper meaning for for why I think it's important. But uh, and and in its most simplistic form, if anyone takes anything away from this, I hope that it's that they are they are themselves a beacon of light and of hope, and that they, that their own presence matters in this world, and that just by being themselves, they're giving someone else the opportunity to find hope and light in this world. Oh, I love that. We need that. And if children and families and adults walk away with that message, that is so special. Um, even, I mean, the title itself is rooted in kindness, the you kind of kind, which also the play on words, which is very Nina. Love that. Um, so tell the listeners uh, when this book comes out and, you know, how you get it. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, the book, thank, thank you. The book comes out October 25th. It's available uh, everywhere for pre-order now. Uh, you can get it on pre-order uh, at my website, ninawest.com, and that'll take you to a variety of links. So if you want to shop at a big box store like Amazon or Barnes & Noble, you can. You can even get a signed edition at Barnes & Noble. Or if you want to support local, I have partnered with a local bookstore in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio called Prologue Bookshop, and they have a limited quantity of signed copies available as well. Um, so you can really get it anywhere, and it will be available uh, everywhere October 25th. But pre-order now, and um, give it's a great gift for the holidays. It is. Oh, it, is. it really is. It is. <laughs> um, okay, so... 
we while we have you, we have to also talk about Weird, the, the Weird Al Yankovic story, because there are so many wild connections between your real life, the character you play in Hairspray, the John Waters connection to Divine. I mean, there's just so much and so little time. But tell us how, how that all happened and how you ended up in that movie playing Divine, the legendary drag queen Divine. Isn't it weird? Is it? I mean, literally, is it weird, weird? I mean, like, to have all of these intersections. Um, yes, yeah. Like, really come. And, like, I thought that as, I mean, I've thought that many times over as I have kind of, as I did it, and then, like, now preparing for it to be released to the world. Um, I have a very, very small cameo in it. But um, I was asked to be a part. Like, I I was, they sought me out to do this, um, which is a huge honor. Um I had heard, obviously I shot this, we shot, I don't, I don't remember if it was February or March, but I shot a day in, during that time period um, and le- like snuck out to Los Angeles and did a day of filming and then went back to tour and told nobody and it was the most magical day ever. Um, but I mean, truthfully, like, uh, but there's these weird intersections. So I grew up with Weird Al Yankovic, uh, like in terms of like his music was always, and his videos were always on MTV. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had, uh, I had his cassettes. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's this weird odd full circle moment of someone who as a, as a drag queen began to spoof songs because yeah. of Weird Al very early career. Um, and then to find myself, then get to Hairspray to play Divine, a role that Divine be, uh, created of Edna Turnblad. And then, you know, and then have this experience with Hairspray and then be asked to come do Divine in the Weird Al Yankovic movie um, was remarkable. I, you know, and it was incredible. I can't, I don't want to tell you so many things. I, I mean, I know. <laughs> I mean, I know by being on set and who was in my scene that the that everyone's going to be blown away by the pe- the talent that's in this film. Wow! Um, and I know by being on set and hearing who was there the day before and who was coming in the day after and what they were shooting, um, people are going to lose their minds. I it's mean, like this co- is like, and we have Harry Potter, really- aka Daniel Radcliffe, playing Weird Al. Like, what brilliant <laughs> casting choice! <laughs> Well, we talk about, I mean, like, I mean, and to talk about these two people, really, who I and the director, Eric, uh, who is just so incredibly amazing. And then to hang out with Weird Al, who couldn't have been more kind and more lovely. And to, to spend time with Daniel Radcliffe, who was hysterical and funny and so charming and, and offering like wisdom and like. I mean, Daniel's not that old, but he has had an incredible career and he's lived a remarkable life yeah. as someone in the spotlight for for their almost their entire life right. and offered wisdom and, and was just so charming and so wonderful and so kind to me specifically and was just engaging and had so many questions about what, like, what was next. I can't say enough. And I think what this, again... I think that I have been really fortunate enough in my experience to be surrounded by people who live their lives loudly and authentically Mm. and to have opportunities to be exposed to people who do those very same things. Right. So, I mean, Weird Al Yankovic is a legend because he's 
there's, there's been no one like him. He has carved his own path. He has made a name for himself by doing exactly what he wanted to do, believing in himself, listening to his voice, and being thoroughly, wonderfully weird and awesome, right? Daniel Radcliffe has, if you look at his catalog and his canon, no one had, takes the chances like really probably like he does in Hollywood. Right. He's not afraid to make these big choices. And granted, he has the ability to do that because he's Daniel Radcliffe, right? But <laughs> in the same breath, there's, he could, there's, an, there's a very easy path that he could have taken, and he's made incredibly bold, beautiful, wonderful ch choices in theater, whether it be Equus or How to Succeed in Business or films like Weird um, post-Harry Potter. I mean, he is Harry Potter. Um, but then you, then you connect that with these through lines with John Waters, who I've had the privilege to talk with and uh, celebrate this world of Hairspray. Oh, that's amazing. Or, Harvey Firestein, or Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman, who wrote the music to Hairspray, or Jerry Mitchell, who was the original choreographer, or Jack O'Brien, or Alan Menken, or, uh, I mean, the, 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 I, what I'm saying is, is that these, and it's, it's not here to name drop, but what I'm pointing out is, is that all of these people have loudly put a stake in the ground of who they are and what they do and what they believe in. And I think that that's, to, to relate it back to this book and to yeah. who I am is, that's what it is. I mean, like, we've got this one life and you have this one opportunity to really, like, live loudly. And when you do so, like, I think the world opens up to you. And I think that's a really important, I think that's the universe is telling me these things and the way that my life has been engaged with uh, so many, so many of these people who are creative powerhouses, because, you know, I, you, it's, it's reminding me that, like, remember, Andrew, Put your, put your flag in the ground. Like, be loud. Don't be afraid of who you are. And that's easier said than done. But it's, I, I, I think it's like, I think I'm here to help remind people of that as well. Like, yes. put your flag in the ground. Be proud of who you are. Live well, loudly. Make bold choices. And, and guess what? It's listen. very contagious, which is so beautiful <laughs> about it. If people want to yes! feel that way too after interacting with, with those type of people. And, you know, you mentioned like all of these artists that are in the movie weird coming together, these creators. We definitely can't wait to see your cameo and your appearance. And then also just see the movie, especially right now. I'm like more excited about Weird Al just hearing your fandom of Weird Al. Like I want to go look back <laughs> at his catalog. I remember growing up oh with the song Bad, God. his version, which was yes. bad, I think. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> sad. So funny. I mean, he's like, I mean. I mean, uh, Amish paradise. I mean, he's like, oh, the man is. But also, oh, wow. I think it speaks volumes. Like, in talking about Weird Al, you know, it's not like he just spoofed a song. He was so, like, in, like invested yeah. in his art. He wouldn't do it without the permission of the artist. And oh, like, I didn't without, realize that. That's interesting. I mean, like, he's like, I mean, like, he was really trying to be, like, saying, I'm doing this out of, you know, like, these are things that I love. Yeah. I, you know, and, you know, I, like many people, you know, like I'm sure didn't necessarily love the idea at first, but I mean, like, it's really like an honor. That's to, true. It really is. Have, I mean, like, but I mean, like, I think the man operates on integrity and on, on, uh, is on kindness and love. And I was just grateful for even a day to be witness to that, to experience it myself. So we know the film has already hit the festival circuits, but when can people finally see the movie Weird? Yeah! So uh, it comes out November 4th on Roku, uh, which is going to be 
uh, wonderful. And um, I can't wait for the world to see it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Well, thank you for spending time with us again and Disneyholic fanning out with us about everything. Um, (laughs) We cannot wait for all of this new stuff. Thank you. I just really appreciate you being in my corner. I love you both, Jen. Mike, thank you so much, so much. We love you too. We love you too. Thanks, (laughs) Nina. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow, like we said, and like she admitted, Nina West is so busy. I don't know how she has the time to do it. I barely do anything myself, and just playing video games all day is enough for me. Like, that gets me tired. <laughs> it's an event of its own. It is. It is. So, uh, video games, yes. Are you playing anything, by the way? I wanted to ask you that because I know you're busy and watching TV shows that I'm trying to get you to watch and all that, but are you guys playing anything right now? (laughs) Nope, not a thing. I haven't touched a game system other than using it for like Netflix or Hulu in a very long time. (laughs) Remember when we were doing, we had like our dailies on Animal Crossing every morning? Yeah, and you know what? That's, That's kind of it, like... COVID was that time where I had that free time that I don't normally have and I played video games. I'm just not a gamer by nature, so it's like not on the top of my list. But you are making me want to play Dreamlight Valley for sure. So I have a few questions for you and I, I know you have a lot to tell me about it as well. So I wanted to ask you first and foremost, what or can you just tell me a little bit more about early access? Like what is that comparing it to waiting until 2023 when it's just the regular release, right? Yeah. um, So the way I would describe it is you can, almost like a lightning lane. (laughs) So if you want to play ahead of everybody else and have access to some pretty cool things like um, exclusive items, you get these things called moonstones. You can also connect with the developers directly. That is all inclusive with early access but to your point you do have to purchase it so for early access let's say you want to play dreamlight valley right now um, you're going to have to pay it's either 29 dollars to get access or 59 dollars if you want that founders pack which i mentioned comes with all those items now in 2023 the game as intended is going to be free completely free to play which is really cool on Disney's part. They're following. Oh, I never knew it would be. Yeah, free. I didn't really like put this together point. until like maybe the last couple of weeks. And still, when I wow. started getting really uh, into reading what the developer notes were going out and everything. But yeah, so that it was designed for free to play. And there's other games like that, like um, Fortnite is another free to play game. And it's smart because it gets everybody into this community. And then there are things that you can pay for. And uh, what's good about it is they don't plan on making these obnoxious microtransactions. Uh, The developers promised that it is going to be free to play, meaning you could do the entire storyline and have as much fun as you want in your valley without paying anything. But if you want special items or you want to get things quicker, you could purchase moonstones to help you do that. And certain realms will be priced as add-ons. And that's going to be priced as add-ons for people who were in early access as well. So just like any other video game, if you want the add-on or the new you know, level or town or map, sometimes they charge you. And so that's really all they plan on doing. Otherwise, it's free. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, I never realized that. Um, and it's almost kind of backwards from what I'm used to. For instance, it sounds like 
the early access is almost being treated as a beta, especially if you're in contact with developers, which usually that's the like freebie and then they charge people for like the final product which is just so weird that it's all backwards yeah it (laughs) is uh and i think the game developers are really um like they're not doing it just to be nice like they really thrive off of collaborating with the um the gamers and the players i'm actually going to skip to this other clip that i have for later but i'm going to play it now because there's a youtuber and she's really cool and she goes on and does um like her builds, like she shows, oh, here's how I'm going to build my farm and things like that. But she has this really good uh, part in this recent video where she talks a little bit more about what we just spoke about, which was the difference between Animal Crossing and this, but also developers participating with players. So I'm going to play that for you right now. Okay. Uh, back to Disney Dreamlight Valley. If you have not gotten this game yet, I highly recommend it. This game is honestly the reason why I want to play Animal Crossing again. It has <laughs> reminded me a lot of qualities about Animal Crossing that I appreciate that the game doesn't offer, but also has a lot of abilities that I wish Animal Crossing did have. So it's very hard to compare both of these games together. They're very similar, but they're also very different. But if you are a fan of how Stardew Valley plays, how Animal Crossing plays, how even The Sims plays, you will probably love Disney Dreamlight Valley. Also being a Disney fan, that also um, helps as well, but I've heard people who aren't even Disney fans are in love with this game. So anyways, I really do recommend it. Lots of updates are planned. They are really listening to the community. And as a fellow content creator, seeing a gaming company actually listen to their fan base and deliver, that means a lot to me because obviously Nintendo never does that. And this community has already been so fun and so welcoming. So I highly recommend it. So uh, that channel, her name is Horrible Gaming, but she's it's really cute, like the stuff that she makes. Uh, but yeah, isn't that cool? That is very cool. That reminds me of the episode recently when we were talking about how the Imagineers listen to what we say as guests at Disneyland, and they really take it into consideration and make changes and updates around it so yeah I've and it, never... i think it's the best way to be right it like is. if you don't listen to your and they're so base, um, like the way i i've seen this happen with other video game companies especially if it's like a smaller um a smaller studio that's producing the game which in this case it's you know it's not it's game lofts plus disney and i've seen it before but this this developer group they're like on the discord channel they're posting on the reddit they're they're everywhere and they write back and um, they're very matter of fact. They'll be like, this is a bug. It sucks. You probably can't beat this quest until the October 19th update. But they're just like straightforward and everybody loves them for that. And I'm sure they're listening to all our That's ideas. Cool. They've asked us like what characters would we like to see. So they're probably, you know, testing the waters there. Love that. Oh, man. See, this is what you should have told me at the very beginning and <laughs> sold it to me. I like being involved in that kind right? of stuff. Yes. Get your opinion heard, your voice heard. <laughs> Okay, so let's see. There was another change that I think was happening that you had mentioned to me, but I want to hear more about it. Um, Online multiplayer as an option on the game. So on Animal Crossing, we can go to each other's islands that we built and like visit each other. So are we able to do that in this game? Yes. So the developers um, 
confirmed that this game was designed for multiplayer, but they're focusing on the solo play aspects for the early access. And which makes sense, get, you know, squash all the bugs, get that out before you start connecting people to different valleys across different consoles, because these are cross consoles. So if you're on the Switch, you can visit my valley on the PS5, for example. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, because it's just all in the cloud. That's not normal, right? Is that... uh, it is these days with things like Fortnite, but like Animal oh, Crossing, okay, because okay. they're Nintendo, which is like Apple, it's their own playground and it's locked. Right. You couldn't play <laughs> yeah. it anywhere else. But yeah, I started to see that pop up more and more. And I'm glad that they decided to do that with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Then it doesn't really matter which system you purchase. It's like the games you want to play and you can still play with yes, your friends. I'm very excited about that. Um, they like are. They also have a lot more things coming out. You heard uh, that YouTuber Horrible Gaming, she mentioned updates. So I want to share some of the new characters and what they call biomes or like the little lands that are coming soon. So we have Lion King coming out. That's actually coming out October 19th this week, Wednesday, when this episode airs. And that's supposed to come with Scar and then like a bunch of bug fixes, which is exciting because they tell us that. I love it. Uh, Toy Story is coming soon. And then there's theories on Reddit and Discord about all the things that might be coming soon. And this is a combination of like actual fan theories and or things that hackers have found in the game code. And sometimes things in the game code aren't uh, always nice. used if there is a placeholder, but this is still really, really cool. So in the game right now, if you're in this like dark forest area, you see this orange pumpkin house with the lights on and a smoke coming out of the chimney. And it's been there since I've unlocked that land and everybody is wondering who's in there. Like nobody knows who's in there. They're not coming out. They won't even answer the door. There's no actions that you could do with the pumpkin. Meanwhile, you have to like build around what it. What the heck? Uh, so it's so cool. Just like the mystery of that. Like I told you last time, there's like Skull Rock, Skull Island you can see in the ocean. So, you know, Peter Pan must be coming. But for this orange pumpkin, who would you think of anybody? Like orange pumpkin. And mind you, the woods are like dark and like purple and a little bit scary. And then I don't know if that's related or not. Orange pumpkin. So the first thing I think of is Cinderella. So <sighs> who's the villain in Cinderella? Just her, the evil Lady stepmother Tremaine, and that's it? Yeah, and uh, Lucifer the cat. <laughs> she doesn't seem that bad. Right, and the stepsisters, but they're just what, like misunderstood and abused. Yeah. Um, that would be the first one I think of. Or Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, shoot. That would be good. So let me touch on both of those. So mo the, the best guess right now for the pumpkin is Cinderella as in the franchise. Like, we don't know what. Uh, maybe the fairy godmother lives in there. She would be an interesting counterpart to Merlin who's in this. Uh, because oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be villains, right? The part where you're talking about the, the forest and it whatnot. Want, it does look like, like a villain spooky. forest. It really okay, does. Okay. There's like green fire all over the place that you can't put out yet and dark trees. But then this beautiful, cute little orange pumpkin house. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, other guesses for that are Maleficent. But this is based on the woods versus the pumpkin. People are like, but that looks like Maleficent's land. Or the green fire. That's very Maleficent. Very Maleficent. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then people are demanding Nightmare Before Christmas be added. But we all kind of know that it's too late. Like they would have already released it. It's already October Yeah. 18th. And, um, you know, that's something to save for next year. Like, make us all pay for it next Halloween. That would make more True. sense. People would probably pay for that. I probably would pay for that. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> and just, to, like, the designs that would come out of that, like the Tim Burton style. 
So that could right? be cool. Um, and then there's some other ones. Uh, Jack Sparrow has been hinted at. And get this one. Robin Hood. How niche and deep. Okay. If they get Robin Hood on the game, I will 1000% play. Robin Hood and Little John Beeper. You never see Robin Hood anywhere. Never. I would have to. I would have to. Yeah. So that's, again, I respect the, the game makers here because they seem to be Disney fans. And remember I was telling you just like how the characters talk and everything. They must be Disney fans. Um, Disney Parks is getting in on the action. So there's a partner statue. The one yes. from Disneyland is coming to the game as a special item. Really excited about How that. How cool. We The closest thing we saw to putting Disneyland in our parks was when people try to make it an Animal Crossing using whatever they had. But they did have the <laughs> teacups ride, which was kind of just random. Oh, yeah, that's right. They actually truly had a teacups ride. Yes. Um, you should see my collection. I am a hoarder on Animal Crossing, and I have <laughs> all these things that can be made to look to like resemble something from Disney. Obviously, there's no real Disney stuff in there. Um, and then I never put it out. <laughs> I was like oh, trying no. to gather all the things to make my island into Disneyland, and I just never made it that far and haven't played it in over a year now. So there we are. <laughs> and now the real thing is available. So there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, in late September, so about a month ago, I posted who's playing Dreamlight Valley, and we did a quick poll, and it just had just it just had come out. This was like slowly after the, sometime after the expo, I believe, right? Yeah, September, October, late September. And 56% of our Instagram followers are playing, which was oh, more really? than I thought. Yeah, that was much higher than I thought. Wow. And then um, of the other half, 24% said they, they're going to play soon. They plan on it. And then there is 20, only 20% that just said, you know, not my thing, not interested. So let's see. I hope that number goes up. Maybe we'll post the poll again next month. Uh, there was another poll I put up about whether or not you think it's cheating or resourceful to do some of these gaming hacks. And these are physical <laughs> gaming hacks. So, for example, when I have to farm like 50 pumpkins, I also love how this makes sense to probably only half of the people listening. Uh, but, yeah, let's say I'm farming pumpkins. <laughs> Just imagine me walking around farming pumpkins. And let's say it takes me about... 1.5 seconds per pumpkin and I have a hundred pumpkins to harvest. That means I have to hold down the X button the entire time. Or I can be resourceful and grab a rubber band, wrap it around the controller, hold that X button for me, and I could walk around and do other things or whatever I want to do for the next two minutes or longer. Um, and what's funny there is um, people were on my side, thank goodness. So only 22% of our Instagram pollers said that is cheating, but 78% did say it's resourceful. And I thought this was good to ask you too, because I know Jacob, your man, loves to do this stuff with Pokemon especially. Ooh, called out. <laughs> <laughs> like he gets like devices. Yeah. He buys things, doesn't he? He buys things. So there's a few things we use for Pokemon Go. We have, um, first there was a, it's, it looks like a watch. It looks like a Pokeball. And you could press a button on it to catch Pokemon instead of having to be on your phone the whole time. So it was just like kind of going. And then they created a new one called the Gotcha, which you don't have to do anything. It looks like a Fitbit. People always think I'm like, oh, health and fitness. But yeah, right. It's just my Pokemon Go <laughs> Fitbit thing. <laughs> and it just like literally will catch and spin everything in your area for you. Um, so it's definitely, I, I'm kind of bent between if it's a cheat or resourceful. I feel like it's officially made by Pokemon It's Okay, which the gotcha isn't. So maybe that's cheat. I don't know. <laughs> but he also has a rocker 
And it's the best thing for when people come over, they just stare at it like, what the hell is that? It's like the weirdest looking thing. It's like a, you know, like a metronome just kind of goes back and forth. It's that with his phone on it. So it makes him walk. So people do that to like cheat in like uh, fitness I was going to say, so if I'm doing like run Disney, can I do that? Yeah. You could just like put oh it on the God. rocker and then go take a nap and you've walked like three miles by the time you wake up or whatever. Amazing. Um, but when you walk more in Pokemon Go, you get certain things from that. So um, he'll just throw it on there when we're watching a movie or something and it's two hours of walking. <laughs> that is, I... That one, for some reason, hits harder than the rubber band because I'm just hacking like a physical action that I don't feel like doing. Whereas this one, oh, I guess it is too. It's walking, exactly right? the same thing. <laughs> fair, <laughs> Except fair, for this fair. one's like an actual physical. You like have yeah. to walk. It's even worse than just like pressing buttons. <laughs> yeah, like it's not that hard to press a button, Mike. So, um, okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I do think like... So I, I do think it's cheating a little bit, all of the things, because it's not built to do that, right? Like, I think it's resourceful and cheating. Can we do both? True. That is <laughs> yeah. the one of the um, mantras of this year for me is not everything is binary. Like, things can be both and cheating can and I resourceful. bring up something? Yeah. Can, we, can I bring up something that you and I have both done? In the past, Ooh, that people it? considered yeah. cheating, and we definitely don't consider it cheating. Can I call us out? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so our first year of getting the Sorcerer Pass for D23, we looked, or you looked, you're the smart one, you looked to see which website they used the year before, and then you found out the back way into the website. It's not cheating. It's just like, where I did think they go is, last year? And that so one is 1,000% resourceful right perfect it's example just smart. it's like let's yeah. find what they did last year and we'll skip a whole step this year like that's not cheating it's but we got in and i remember that woman who didn't get in and she was very mad and she's like you're a cheater and i was like whatever see ya like, right and then the next year they from implemented our the, lounge I'm just kidding. the green man came after that or the the man in the green bar so we couldn't oh, right. do our hack yeah, anymore yeah we can't even do stuff like that anymore can't do our hack anymore um, i thought you were gonna say cheating in terms of time travel because people do that animal crossing member but i refuse like it just scares oh, me oh where you that's change actually something that we console. don't do yeah yeah that's like jacob draws a line there too even with pokemon you can do what's called spoofing you could put yourself in japan and catch pokemon that you can't catch here all those kind of things he won't do that that's like draws a line which i don't really know how that's different from any of the things either <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it all in one box <laughs> I do like that we still have some imaginary line that we draw. Yeah, we're just like, that's not okay. But these things, <laughs> what can you do? <sighs> All right, so let's see. Um, another thing I was really curious about in Dreamlight Valley are the act, you know, I love voice actors, right? Like I've talked about yeah. that many times on the show. So did they get the actual voice actors that we've seen in the films, like the Disney films, or do they have new actors? Some of each, some of some are, some aren't. So that's a good question. I was playing most of this time, assuming that none of them were the real voice actors. And I thought some sounded good and some sounded like a little bit off. And then I actually looked into it and surprisingly, oh boy, there are a lot of actual <laughs> voices. And I think that says something because 
Um, I don't know how, maybe it's this game developer group, Gameloft, that are really great, but they got all these people on board. So starting with Mickey Mouse himself, it is Brett Iwin playing Mickey Mouse. And he obviously has a lot more lines than others because he's one of like the the main quest people who keep coming back up in the beginning of the game. Hmm. Um, We have Bill Farmer actually there as Goofy, which he sounds like Goofy, so I'm very happy about that. That totally makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> and Jody Benson is Ariel oh, herself. Oh, really? Yeah, That's so, so she voices the Little Mermaid. Sounds exactly like her. In fact, she might Aww. have been the one character that I met, and I finally looked it up and was like, wait a minute. It sounded just like, like That's like spot on. Like very distinct. <laughs> and then here's a good one. Her very last voiceover recording <gasps> work, Pat Carroll voices Ursula. I was going to ask Ursula. Yeah. So basically Little Mermaid, the two of the main, they got the real voices for. Wow, that's Um, cool. Prince Eric is the game. And forgive me, I don't know who played him. But in the game, it's Christopher Daniel Barnes. So if anyone knows that, (laughs) if that's the real actor, maybe that is. Um, Then we have, we do have uh, impersonators for the Frozen gang. Maybe they cost a little more, a little bit more recent. They're Disney legends. They're still really popular right now. (laughs) Still really popular. Um, Tim Allen is voicing Buzz Lightyear, who is not in the game yet. And it's this type of stuff when they release the casting that helps with these rumors because we're like, okay, yeah, he's eventually going to come. And what's cute about it is there was a like a leaked screenshot of somebody testing the game with Buzz Lightyear, and it looks like they're going to make those toys accurate to size, so they're so small and falling oh around. Oh my gosh! And talking really? to you. <laughs> It's so cute. And it makes sense because Remy is like that. Like sometimes I feel like I'm going to step on him. He's just like talking to me in the kitchen. That's so funny because that was truthfully one of the most off-putting things about Dreamlight Valley for me because I'm so used to Animal Crossing. You're in this like super cute, like very fictional land. But then when you showed me like images of your character, I'm like, that's like Mike. It's like <laughs> it's yeah. like a physical, full, like same height as you are in real life kind of Mike, like on the game. So I was like, this is weird. I'm so used to this like cartoon version of everything, even though this is still cartoon. It just isn't the same style. So that was heck weird. But that's very It is cute weird. It took me a second to get used to your, the actual avatar of yourself because I also was used to just being like a little doll thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Woody is going to be voiced by, this is very cool, Jim Hanks. <laughs> that is very cool. Who and is Jim Hanks? <laughs> he is Tom Hanks' brother. Oh, stop. I think that's what so cool. Tom and Hanks probably doing? will sound exactly Come on. the same. That guy ain't busy. Just kidding. Come on. I know if Tim Allen did it. <laughs> Come on, Tom. Um, Ali Cravalho, who voiced, voiced Moana, also is Moana in this game. Cute. Very cute. Nice. Patton Oswald is Remy. I hang out a lot with Remy because I go and do cooking stuff a lot. And this whole time at 1,000% sounds like Patton Oswald. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> but it sounds just like him. All the ad-libs and it'll be just like mumbling in the background. Um, Donna Murphy also came back to do Mother Gothel from Tangled. Chris Sanders, who directed Lilo and Stitch, and voiced Stitch is the voice of Stitch, which means Stitch must be coming at some point because he's on the cast yeah. list. Yeah. Um, and then those were all the ones I could find. There's some others that are uh, definitely impersonators like Scar, 
who's coming out this week, is voiced by someone named James Horan. Don't know him, but that is not who voiced Scar, because Jeremy Irons voiced Scar in the movie. Yes. Well, forgive me for not leaping for joy. Bad back, you know. And with all those characters come drama and storylines. So I thought we would take a dive into my Dreamlight Valley in the chronicles of my Dreamlight Valley and talk about some of the drama that's been happening on my island with all of these characters. It's so, like celebrity gossip. Celebrity gossip. <laughs> and also, you know, like that meme that says, prepare to be sick of me. Definitely prepare to be sick of me with Dreamlight Valley because <laughs> I also recently learned how to record and screen cap right off of my controller for the PlayStation 5. So it makes it so much easier now for me to make like silly stories and TikToks and stuff. So I hope to keep doing that because it entertains me. I hope it entertains everybody else. But getting to the Chronicles, first I have to say that when we went to Oogie Boogie Bash, I am so glad we met Merlin, the wizard from Sword in the Stone. This almost didn't happen. You were in line. The park was about to close. It was like (laughs) done. I saw you and I ran over there. And the reason why I'm glad is because I started playing that same week. Do you remember in the hotel? And Merlin is, he's, he's sort of like your Jiminy Cricket as a new, as a new player throughout a lot of the beginning. And the Merlin in the game, in my head, is the same Merlin that we met at DCA. Like, it just feels like the <laughs> same exact person being. just plucked him out of Oogie Boogie Bash and put him in yeah. your game. And anytime he, like, does a little jig and I do it with him, I'm like, oh, it's the guy. It's that guy from DCA. So that's really cute. So Merlin has been a hoot and a holler. He's really funny. Um, Remy, I said, I spent, a lot, I spent a lot of time with Remy in his kitchen. And I just recently unlocked shaved ice, which means I can make really cool things like ice creams and sorbets. And that was actually like a kind of a hard item to unlock. You don't get that right away. So keep that in mind. A lot of work to get to that point then. Yes. (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of food, since we're on topic... Uh, we had a, um, a topic come in from one of our patrons, Pamela. Shout out to Pamela. And she asked us, what are our top five favorite Disney snacks? Um, she also asked our least favorite Disney snacks, but that will be coming later in episode 108, which is coming out just after the beginning of November on the 2nd. Um, we've kind of divided up where we have an episode with Chef Dave, who you, get, you guys will all get to meet very soon. Um, but for now... What are our top five favorite Disney snacks? What are yours, Mike? Ooh. So does Flynn Rider count? Because he does meet and greet sometimes at... Absolutely. <laughs> I think he's a snack as well. <laughs> he's my favorite snack. Um, Ronto Wrap at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, it's a snack for me. I mean, it could be a meal, but I like to keep eating and grazing throughout the day. So I would say Ronto Wrap. Um, <laughs> while I'm over there, I love to get the Black Calf Cold Brew which is also a little bit of snack because it has those cocoa puffs on top that you can bite and eat. And then, of course, a Disneyland churro. had to mention that. And then the beignets. I like the beignets. I always forget about them, but when I do have them, I'm happy I did. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I'm going to be in Disneyland the day after this airs, and I should see what the specialty one is right now. I wonder if it's like pumpkin or something from Halloween. PSL? (gasps) Yeah. Sounds right, yep. pumpkin spice. What are your favorite snacks? Five, top five. My favorites. So, 
I took a while to think about this. I actually did a, a random live earlier this week, and I I had some help. So I was going through like, what is a Disneyland snack to you guys versus a meal versus a drink versus a what? So in my eyes, lump or I said lumpia. My eyes, um, a snack is like something savory that'll tide you over. I think that's the most important part. Is like when you're actually hungry. That's a good way to eat. describe it. Yep, and I obviously have lumpia on the list because <laughs> that was one that came up. I'm very excited about the lumpia over from um, Tropical Hideaway. Yum. Popcorn is always probably my favorite snack at Disneyland. It's just like classic Disneyland. And the best part for me about popcorn is you can just put it in your backpack and like snack on it all day. So anytime you need another bite, it's there for you. It's not like something that's too messy to put away, right? I so love the I love- smell of popcorn. I know. It, it's, it's like, like movie um, theaters in Disneyland. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, I just love everything Entertainment. About that. Like, you're about to be entertained. Like, the red carpet is out. Popcorn. Yeah, it's open always the curtain. involved in fun, right? Like, yeah, when you have popcorn yeah. when you're not... Like, they don't have popcorn at, like, funerals. I can't at think of anything that's not fun right now. Well, if you'd like, <laughs> tell me now, and I'll make sure that happens. Disneyland popcorn. <laughs> Can you please have a Disneyland popcorn car at my funeral? Thank you. Or with the yes, actual please. little thing spinning it too, the little creature. Yes. Oh my oh. God. We have to make, can you make one of me? <laughs> that's what so they creepy. What call toasty, roasty, roasty, toasty? Oh my God. That sounds like the beginning of like a, a urban legend, scary story to tell in the dark. <laughs> oh my God. It'd be kind of amazing though. You're trapped in there forever. I wasn't around to see it. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, what if the twist is... The horror twist is that is you and you're forever just doing oh that. Oh my God, I'm forever <laughs> roasty toasty. If I'm in Disneyland, that's fine. <laughs> just roll me in there. Like, you'll just keep oh, like the witches. She put that girl in the painting. Do you remember when she had aged? Oh, in the that's painting? right. <laughs> okay, more of your snacks. I want to know. Okay, Lupia, okay, popcorn. What else? Um, I also have sliced mangoes, and that kind of goes for any of that, like, cut-up fruit in Disneyland. Um, it's often yeah. hot in Disneyland, so I love just grabbing some fruit. It's like, I can barely eat when it's hot. I, like, completely lose my appetite. So that is a, a, a very much so go-to. Um, and then Firefly chips are way up there. What have you that? had Firefly chips? Your face is telling me no. No. <laughs> so you can get them. I think it's... It for a very long time was a secret menu item. I'm not sure if it still is or if it's just on the menu, but you can get it at uh, Coke Corner or Refreshment Corner, whichever you call it. And it comes in a tiny little foil bag. It's like a little little bag that you get, and they put Fritos with chili and cheese on it. And I think maybe oh. jalapenos. And it's like a little chili cheese Fritos bag thing that you can just take and go with you. So that's always a fun, very like old school feeling snack. Yep. And then the backlot nachos I'm throwing on here over at DCA in the Hollywood backlot because they are so good and it's plant-based meat. So like it just has a different flavor to it, which I actually really enjoy. So those are very good as well. Ooh, those are all good. I think minus popcorn, which um, we'll talk more about our least favorites on that episode that you mentioned, but those are all good. I want to taste all of those. Um, I think I've had the lumpia, but I've never had the firefly chips or the backlot nachos. So next yum. time we go, let's do it. Um, all right. So let's go back to the Valley for a bit. There's still some more drama unfolding here with the residents of Dreamlight Valley. So I've talked to you about the frozen family because they are a hot mess. And what I've come to realize my new theory is that Kristoff 
is in love with both Anna and Elsa. And they're oh, kind of shoot. In this... and you, right? And, and no, he and he's flirting he, with you at he least. He dropped me like a rock. As soon oh, as I got shoot. Anna into the realm, into the valley, he dropped me like a rock. But we're we're still friends. I invite him out. He helps me go mining because he's good at getting iron ore. That doesn't make any sense to you, but it will in time. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to say that my theory comes off because I can overhear them talking a lot, like through these uh, kind of like bubbles, message bubbles in the background. They'll be talking. And some of the things that they all ask me about, they talk about each other when I talk to them. They don't even ask how I'm doing. They like to talk about their... <laughs> and it seems like Kristoff likes Anna for her physical her her not just her body as in terms of like sexual but he she's the body and Elsa's the mind if that makes sense so he likes the both of them combined oh, I could see that yeah because <laughs> him and Elsa have these deep conversations about life and um and the magic and the impact of having such you know magic you know oh, abilities wow. where him and Anna all they talk about is like let's get a sandwich and like these corny things <laughs> like, Ooh, does Anna know you're talking deep stuff with Elsa I don't know seriously so very strange relationship there um Ariel <laughs> Little Mermaid Ariel and Wally are the cutest new friends that I found in the family oh stop they oh my gosh, love each stop. other and yeah, they collect human objects. And I they, was just thinking about yeah. that. That's so cute. It's so cute. Like she was showing him her dingle hopper and all the stuff. And he asks me all the time what certain things are. And then you can bring like items you find to him. And then he'll be like, oh, can you go talk to Ariel about this? Blah, 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 blah. That's it's so, so cute. Wait, cute. which Ariel And then when you catch it? them talking uh, in the water. Did you say which Ariel? Yeah. Yeah, so she's Does in the she water. She legs. has fins. She's full mermaid Ariel. And they're, aside from the ocean where you can hang out and there's a beach and that's where Maui um, lives. And uh, that's also where you can see Ariel and Ursula like in the ocean. And when you want to talk, they'll like swim up to you. But there's also uh, lakes and little ponds throughout all of the lands and biomes. And they'll just randomly pop up there. Those uh, pop up, which is they somehow pretty frightening. swam into this pond. Yeah, it's really scary. <laughs> I'll let it go. I'll let it like, go. <laughs> I'm just like fishing, and then like Ariel just pops out. Hey, and I'm like, girl. You just catch her <laughs> on your fishing hook. <laughs> Imagine like her cheek. How sad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's how you could talk to them is through the beach or these ponds. But that's the cute part is because of the ponds. That's usually where I catch her talking to Wally. Because he doesn't really go to the beach. So she'll like pop oh, up in a pond. that is very cute. Like by his like junkyard thing. Oh my God, it's so cute. <laughs> I would be totally down if they were able to get magic at some point to to turn them into like Ariel post land and Vanessa. That's her name, right? Ursula turns yeah, into Vanessa. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Just saying. Tell the developers Ariel. when you talk to them on Discord. <laughs> Just kidding. So <laughs> do you want to hear a spoiler? I guess so. This is a fun game. There's not that many things to hide she grew legs i finally helped her oh my god oh you oh it's one of like the missions how yeah, cute i did and um so i've also had prince eric eric in my valley now and he has his own little house castle thing and yeah so i had to 
I had to like trick and manipulate a lot of magic people between Mother Gothel and Merlin and Ursula. I was finally able to work with Eric and find this shell that looked a lot like the empty shell that Vanessa wore, but it's a brand new one because I like found it on the beach, I think. And we basically created the new, the same spell that Vanessa used. We gave it to Ariel, but it's just a lot more safe. So now she does walk around in her dress outfit on my cute. in my valley, which I, I actually liked her better in the in the water, but but it is cute and it's still Jody Benson. So uh. how amazing is that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, there's probably only one person in the water then, right? So the, that is kind of nice having two people. Yeah, now it's just Ursula. Um, the there are, there were rumors about Triton coming, so we can, we'll see. Zaddy. She talks about him a lot. She, they do try to trick you to see if they're, if you pay attention to their stories. So when you button mash, they sometimes get mad because she'll say, hey, I have a question for you. And then you'll say, sure, what's up? And then Ariel might say, um, do you remember that problem I had at home? And then you'd have to say, oh, with your with your dad, your brother, your sister. You have to remember oh, that it was with your dad. Oh, you have to dad. remember it? And then she's like, yeah, do you remember my dad's name? And she'll say like Poseidon, King Triton, or something like that. And, like, <laughs> and I button mashed that by accident because I've talked to her so many times. And then what do they do? Uh, you won't get as much of a point boost for oh. doing the interaction. Yeah. That's kind of cute. It's, it's like clever. a little Disney trivia almost sprinkled yeah. in. Yeah. It is, there's a lot of Disney trivia. I'm learning stuff like Mickey Mouse talks to you about his past. And I didn't know what his job was until this game. Do you know what his job is? His job? Yeah, he has a, a, a full-on I feel like career. he's had many jobs, but I guess not. An entertainer? An entertainer, yeah. He says he's an actor, and which explains everything. Like, there's always a set, you know, in Toontown, <laughs> right? in his house, and then the Runaway Railway. It just makes sense. And then he just probably, it like breaks the fourth wall and he's, you know, he's Walt's character that was created. That's very cute. But yeah, he talks about his the old days of Hollywood when he's an actor and he's like, I miss Minnie, blah, 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 because you have to find her. So all these cool That's things. That's adorable. Um, another thing I want to mention, I was talking to you about the, the magic uh, powered people and they are all so funny when they interact. So Merlin and Mother Gothel are always interacting and they're so hilarious because they have quips <laughs> that they say to each other and they're both kind of sassy and it kind of is like a good match romantically <laughs> if you think about oh, it oh right because he's kind of like old and weird and she's she's just like sassy drag queen villain you know and she just cares about beauty i don't know there's just something about them that it's like almost like opposites attract type of thing but they're really funny the other two people that i always see bickering are Ursula and Mother Gothel and they're usually fighting about potions and how to make them which is also very cool to see these two villains like talking wow. about their craft yeah right? that you never, never have seen interact before and now they're on here just like right? almost like they just live together like roommate drama yes that's <laughs> what it feels like that's definitely what it feels like and then the other uh, pair that I've seen arguing also is Ursula again, but with Uncle Scrooge because he's a stickler Ooh. about contracts and sticking to your contract and your oh word. Oh my gosh, how funny. And she tricks people wow. into signing contracts. <laughs> he's not happy How fun it. would it have been to be part of this team building this game where you get to finally like make all of these different stories like intertwine together and there's right? so many matching pieces like that. It's perfect. It is. Every time oh it God, happens, I'm it. like, 
genius. I'm like, what? Clever. That's so clever. The freaking contract. <laughs> like, that makes so, so much. I also learned Collecting that Uncle Scrooge. human things. Of course. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Uncle Scrooge is, uh, I've, I've gotten to know him on a deeper level. So he's not just a rich duck who wants to get more rich. He really believes in trustworthiness. He never steals. He would never uh, do anything bad to make that money. So it has to all be an honest dollar. Like that's his thing. And he does like to share and donate. And so he he is basically trying to tell me over time that he's not a Scrooge, which I think is so sweet. Oh, okay. <laughs> not a Scrooge. I think he got his bad rap for starring in a Christmas Carol, the Disney version, because in the first th two thirds, right, he's mean Uncle Scrooge. It's like very bad. Don't yeah. <laughs> and then uh, speaking of uh, Ariel, I was talking earlier about Prince Eric, actually. I wanted to bring him back up one more time because his character is cute, just like Prince Eric, like pretty hot. But I think he's a himbo, you know, like a guy bimbo because he's good looking, but he's... Wait, wait, what is a himbo? A himbo is like a, a guy version of a bimbo. Oh. <laughs> I guess the kids these days call them F-boys. F-boys. Right? I would have known that over himbo. boys yeah. So, yeah, Prince Eric is one of those. He's so boring. Like, he has the worst things to talk about, which is also in character. I don't think they did this because it was bad writing. Like, Prince Eric is just pretty boring. I mean, he wanted to marry her. He barely knew her. She didn't talk. He then wanted to mar marry Vanessa, barely met her, too. So he's not that cool of a guy, and he's pretty boring. But I'm learning that a lot of the game He's just pretty to look at. Very pretty to look like. <laughs> pretty to look at. Just a himbo. The other game players are not happy with his design, though. They say it doesn't look like him. But I haven't noticed that. So I'm curious to see if other people have noticed that. Oh. I definitely haven't. I wonder. I, I almost want to look it up. But I'll look it up some other time. I definitely want to see if I can notice a difference. Um, right. So you've told me a lot about all these other characters that were maybe a little later. Like Renaissance period and then more modern. But are like the Fab Five in this game? I know you mentioned Mickey Mouse is in it. But do we have like... Someone like Goofy or Daisy or anybody like that. Yeah, they are all there. So uh, Mickey's in there, Goofy, voiced by Bill Rogers. Minnie is in there. Now, people think Minnie Mouse is the villain, and I'll tell you in a second. What? Donald Duck is in there. Um, and there isn't a fifth, funny enough. So depending on who you consider the fifth, if it's Pluto or Daisy, they haven't added either of them yet. And I hope we get both at some point, which is actually called the Sensational Six, if you have all six of them there, by the way. So um, that's right. Waiting on at least a fifth member of, of the gang. Donald, very annoying. He's always uh, screaming and having fits and uh, trains, train horn sounds blowing out of Thank his ears. Thank you. <laughs> he always is like that, right? He always this is. That's why I don't love Donald. But and there's a lot of like really hardcore Donald fans, like stands of Donald. And I'm like, he stresses me out. I do like his character design. He's very he's stressful. Very cute, I like his nautical. But, uh, but he's yes, always angry. Yeah. And... It's annoying because you're just trying to farm or do whatever you're doing, walking around, and you could hear in the background like, like a steam engine, and he's like popping, <laughs> exactly like that, and he won't do it until you ask him what's up, and then you're gonna ask him what's wrong, and then you have to you have to choose like, is it your temper again or 
hey, let's go take a walk. Like they have these options that you could. <laughs> Oh my and gosh. The, Girl, the, here's a gummy, like relax. <laughs> right? Seriously. So he's very annoying. People have done a couple of things to get around this. Some people have trapped him within a fence somewhere. Oh, so that shoot. He doesn't go close to you. And then some people, this is much more humane. You can ask him to hang out with you. So basically, anytime you ask a character to hang out, they'll walk around with you, and then you get boosters on uh, certain skill sets like mining or farming, whatever. Uh, so if you take Donald along with you, let's say fishing, he won't be angry anytime he's ever hanging out with you because he's happy. Oh, okay. So you have to either be his friend and with him and he'll be quiet or <laughs> you have to be tuck him all away in yeah. or nothing at all. <laughs> uh, goofy, he's so lovable and very nice. He makes me feel Aww. welcome in the valley. He's also uh, someone you interact with a lot. So basically anytime you want to buy or sell produce, like all the stuff that comes from your farm, you're going to sell it to Goofy. So you'll see him several times a day if you play every day. Mickey, of course, he's iconic, as I mentioned. He does a lot of stuff in the beginning. And then now Minnie Mouse. So the reason why people think Minnie Mouse is the villain is because, first of all, uh, she's not in the game right away. You have to work with Mickey and Merlin and all the stuff to get her back from, like, the, she's trapped in some dark realm. And, and so in the meantime, the essence of her is in the valley and this doesn't happen with any other characters it's just Minnie because she's I guess special and so you just see her essence it's like this ghostly outline it just walks what? around the valley it might be like Ooh, fishing it's creepy it's part of her ghost stories or, for next week right like yeah. picking berries I don't like it at all and so it it is incentive for you to try to beat that quest in front of the others so you can get Minnie to come in physically. Anyway, so once Minnie comes into the game, she has these crazy demands. So let me say, for example, to build uh, something for Prince Eric's quest, he might ask for like uh, five pieces of wood and two pieces of iron. And you know, that doesn't take too long to farm for or to get, or you might already have it. If I know you like, you like to save up your resources and stuff. So you might already have it. <laughs> But Minnie Mouse comes in after you've done all these quests. So you don't really have any resources. And she's like, I need 100 iron ore. I need 200 woods, blah, blah, blah. And that takes like almost like eight hours of grinding to get those Dang. ingredients. <laughs> so everybody has labeled her the villain now as a joke because of the, the ghostly body and then her demands and really hard to beat quest. Um, so I wonder Jeez. if the if they'll change that by the time it goes fully live. It almost seems it uh, <laughs> unbalanced. Like it's very unbalanced. Like, Did what? you play um, Epic Mickey? Oh, I never fully played it. That's funny. That's like the one game I did play, and you didn't play that. That's one like steampunk too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a dystopian Disneyland, and Oswald was the villain. Oh, so that's was, cute. Yeah. That's cute. That was like right when they got Oswald back, I'm pretty sure, was when they came out with that game. I think what I really love about this one, or this game in general, is, um, you know, Disney and Gameloft describe it as like a life sim. So similar to what that YouTuber said earlier, like Animal Crossing and The Sims, I can just like stare at the screen and it just feels so relaxing. <laughs> it's really weird. See, it's really weird. Like I don't feel I, pressured to beat any level or anything like that. I, I could use that right now. See, it could be nice. It could be nice. And I wanted to ask about Twitch because speaking of staring at the screen, I feel like 
this is a perfect game for me to finally start using Twitch. I've never done it. So I know I can go on there and stream video games with my camera on while I'm playing. Right? Is that how it works? Yes. So maybe? Yeah, you like stare at the person's face playing the video game and then also the video game play. Right? Yeah. I always think like who would want to watch me? And then I end up catching myself watching other people play like Dead by Daylight or something for hours. And I'm like, wait, I'm just watching. And they're kind of just talking about whatever. all the time. Right? And sometimes yep. they're talking about the game. Other times they're talking about life. So maybe I could talk about Disney. I don't know. Yeah, it's if, just like if your I decide to, yeah, Instagram you know. Live. You should. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, that's my life in the valley. Woo, more to come. Aw. And I'll try well, to capture some of Well, you've by far talked me into it. I hope you've also done the same for some of our listeners because we can all eventually, as of next year sometime, play together. Yes. Together That'd be cool. And for free. For free. Yeah, there's like no excuse except for <laughs> time. <laughs> that yeah. would be the new excuse. We'll have to hear a bunch of people saying that they have laundry to do or something, like some excuse to get out of it <laughs> because it's free. And it's fun, and it's with us, so come play when it happens. Yeah, Do you know when that's going valleys. to happen? Is it like 1-1, or is it sometime and they don't have a date yet? They just keep saying vaguely 2023. I'm very surprised it's oh, already October. Oh, shoot, so it could be like a year from now, maybe? Yeah, who knows? For some reason in my mind, I always thought it was January, but I couldn't find anything that said something other than just 2023. So, okay. yeah, if you don't want to wait... Uh, definitely jump in on the early access. It's only 29 bucks or 59 if you want all the goodies, exclusive goodies. Wow. Okay. These are the kind of games, too, that you might want to get in a little early to, like, gain all that stuff. Like, it takes a long time to get that stuff. So, yes, time, it's a good point. I have play. I have nothing to do. Like, I had no no particular things to do over the last week and a half. So, I've just been grinding and collecting so much stuff because I'm I have PTSD from Minnie Mouse and if Scar is coming this week I don't know what he's going to ask me for so I have all these I have all the hordes of <laughs> sticks and stuff coming unless they add new things that you that's have to amazing get, yeah good point oh my god well since you have all this free time have you <laughs> thought about playing um, or not playing but watching a 1960s Live action, right? Was it live action? Live action. So this action. was Don's request. Let's see. He said, what Disney... Oh, yes, live action. What Disney live action movies from the 1960s have you seen? And what are your thoughts? If you look at a list of just the titles of the movies, which ones are you intrigued to watch? And which ones might you review? So that was a request from Don. Thank you, Don. This is perfect. I, I need off the top can't think of a single stuff. 1960s right. <laughs> live action that I know that I've watched. <laughs> I need something to watch and I need to get away from just playing Dreamlight Valley and also just binging TV shows. So this is an exciting Patreon topic. Thanks, Dawn. So yes. what I did was I gathered a list for us of 60, 1960s movies that are supposedly on Disney Plus, according to this list. So I made it easier so that we could watch it. There was originally nice. a longer list, uh, but there were a lot of things that are not available, which seems like a whole other interesting topic to figure out yeah. why they are not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but let's see. So some of the ones that we probably have seen um, are how I will start out first until we can get to okay. one that we haven't. So Mary Poppins, we've seen. Um, the Ugly Dachshund. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? 
No. Oh, I thought you have for some reason. Okay, so let's keep that in our back pocket. Like a wiener dog? Uh huh. Like a wiener. Do- well, the the I watched it when I was a kid a long time ago. The story is it's a Great Dane like Scooby Doo that thinks it's a dachshund, so therefore it's an ugly. Dog. What the heck? No, definitely haven't seen that. <laughs> I wonder if you watched it because you guys okay, had a wiener dog, right? <laughs> probably, yeah. Thinking it was about a wiener dog. I don't know if no. I think there yeah. is. I think it, I think there's a pack of wiener dogs, and then there's this the misfit inside. That's funny. Um, Pollyanna. Have you seen that? I've never seen Pollyanna. That was 1960. Um, let's see. Absent-minded professor. So this is the original version oh. of what we know as Flubber from the 90s. Right. I do not believe I've actually watched it. I think I've seen like clips of it here and there or caught it in passing, but definitely don't remember it. Same. I don't remember if I've seen the whole thing through. Uh, so that came out in 1961. Okay, so there's one option. I was just realizing I would consider Ugly Dachshund an option because I just really don't remember it that much. Um, that Darn Cat. Now, did you see this? Aww. I would love this one, too. Um, I did see it when I was little, but not as an adult. Good. That's a good one. I, I would watch it. I haven't seen it, I don't think. I don't think. There was just like random stuff I'd watch as a kid, and I don't know the difference between what was Disney and not back then. <laughs> right. Um, that Darn Cat came out in 1965, so that is one. We also have the Parent Trap. I believe this is the original one, so 1961. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've definitely yeah. seen that one a million times, so I know all Same. the songs. And yeah. And that one, I've, I feel like I've seen both. I've seen... This the original one a lot, and then when the Lindsay Lohan one came out, I actually really loved that movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know that I've seen. Oh wait, maybe I have watched it. I forgot she was in it. Um, yeah, I've seen the original a bunch of times. So I'm not sure if I watched the full movie of the later one. Love a body swap. Okay, here's probably your favorite of the options. Wait, that's not a body swap. Parent Trap. Oh, my God. I'm thinking of Freaky Friday. Yeah. No, Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. is not in Parent Trap. I was like, wait, what? I got Parent really Trap confused, too. Parent Trap has somebody else in it. <laughs> but it is Lindsay Lohan. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yes. Okay, so Lindsay Lohan. I, I watch the Freaky Friday a lot. I don't rewatch the Parent yes, Trap. I've, yes. Yeah, that's what it is. Same. That is so funny. Okay, so maybe one of your favorites out of the 60s. Sh- sh- movies that we haven't seen the computer wore tennis shoes <laughs> i haven't seen it i just like the the name of the, the movie name. <laughs> hilarious i feel like we've brought it up several times because it's such a funny name so yeah. that came out in 1969 and it does star walt disney's dying words kurt russell kurt russell a young kurt russell um okay the love bug also came out in the 60s Aww. A.K.A. Herbie, who was rebranded later to Herbie the Love Bug. I did watch that a lot when I was little. Did you watch that one too? I think so. I don't know because there were sequels, right? I don't know which ones I did. True, Even there were same. old sequels. Uh, but then there was also a Lindsay Lohan remake of that. That's so funny. Was it really? So that's How three funny. already that she's done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and I remember when we were first talking about this topic, we were like, why are there... Are there really that many live action in the 60s? But these are, there's a lot that are pretty memorable now that we're going through it. Um, Blackbeard's Ghost. Okay, that's another one. It's a pirate movie. 
Ooh, okay. I've not seen that. Uh, there's something called the Moon Spinners. So this is like territory where I don't even, I've never even heard of this movie. Me um, This is a teenager encounters romance, intrigue, and search for stolen jewels during her visit to the island of Crate. What? Oh. Okay. Isn't that in the Star Wars universe? Great. <laughs> um, okay. I think that's, that's pretty much the list there that's excluding the obvious ones that we've seen, like Mary Poppins, Swiss Family Robinson. So I excluded those. Um, any Anything that you remember already from the list that you already want to suggest? I almost want to watch the Computer War Tennis Shoes because since we brought it up numerous times and have no idea what it is, it might be a chance to just jump in and watch it. I agree. <laughs> yeah, okay. I agree. It. It's, That'll it's be weird. It. <laughs> it's appropriate for us. It sounds like yeah. one of our weird <laughs> podcast episode titles. Um the description is, is also intriguing. It's a comedy about a college student who's transformed half-wit to genius in a computer mishap that has everyone after his brain. So it's like Captain Whoa. America, but like smart. Smarts instead of physical, but a comedy. Interesting. The yeah, get so. out. Ooh. All right, Ooh, computer so wear tennis shoes. Computer wear tennis shoes coming that soon. Is it? We will review it yeah, very this, soon. So, this Patreon takeover, we have a few movies, right? We had to watch Hocus Pocus. We have to do Black Cauldron, mm-hmm. and now computer wear tennis shoes. So you guys yeah, are giving us that's some good. I feel like we can put reviews. that on our resume yeah. now. Like, yeah, we watched computer wore tennis shoes. True Disney holics. Uh, but yeah, so today we did talk about all those Patreon topics. Oh my gosh, we had Nina West on the show. That was amazing hearing Crazy. about her experience, her new movie coming out, her new book. And then so I fun. appreciate uh, when you humor me and join me in Dreamlight, Dreamlight Valley to listen to my chronicles because there's so much drama happening over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what an episode we had. Yes, and thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoyed episode 107 of the Disney Holics show. Follow us on social media at the Disney Holics. And if you'd like to get in touch, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at the Disney Holics.com. Okay, bye. Come on out in the sun now. Come on out and have fun now. Fly over to a place in space so far, far away. Good times have begun now. It's like the castle run now. Fly over in a ship to a hip galactic party.
Whatever you do, it's true. We're set to ignite. Man, I really want to go to Disneyland.